With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there and welcome to Gap to Gap Radio. This is our Let's Talk Softball edition where Ron Ray of Future Stars of Sports and myself, Holly Knight, will talk all things softball. Before we begin... Let's have a few disclaimers. All opinions expressed on this show are the property of the individual expressing that opinion and may or may not be the opinion of National Fast Pitch Academy, Gap to Gap Radio, Holly Knight, Future Stars of Sports, or Ron Ray. Also, we are not doctors or medically trained in any opinion on the impact of COVID-19 on the individual's health or the health of our society is just that, an opinion and is not intended as advice. So if you're listening to the show live and have questions or comments, you can call in live at 516-666-9488. If you prefer to text Ron, his number is 502-541-0103, or you can text me at 502-262-9195. Also, you can send a message in the chat window at the bottom of your screen So now that the business is out of the way, let's get started with the show. Okay, everyone, I hope everybody's having a good day. Um, I thought I would save some energy and have my own little um, uh, recording there to open up everything, kind of get started, change the music up a little bit. Uh, Hopefully, um, uh, good things to come. I see that Ron is here. Ron, how are you doing? Good morning or good afternoon. I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Fighting something here. I don't know what what's going on. Allergies or something. But uh, overall, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, you. Uh, I don't know if you want to share this uh, at all, but I think uh, you have recent experience on the pr- process of getting tested. I understand. Yes, I I was fighting something over the weekend, and uh, just for precautionary reasons, I did go have a COVID test uh, Tuesday, and uh, you know, fortunately, it came back negative. But it's it's quite a process. But you know, I'm I'm glad that I I get it uh, for peace of mind. Uh, wasn't so concerned about myself personally, but some of the guys that work for me and some friends that I have. Uh, that I am around quite a bit, I would say are high risk. So therefore I felt the need that uh, I needed to make sure that I was okay. So I could be around them and be around them safely. But uh, it's a process. There's no, no doubt. Yeah. It takes, uh, it takes a while and all kinds of things. Did you do the one where they stuck the thing up your nose or was it saliva? Which one did you do? No, it was, uh, they put a swab up your nose, uh, hold it up there. She told me it had to be up there for 20 seconds. So it's not uh, like the flu test that uh, a lot of us have taken where they, you know, put a swab up your nose and it's there briefly and they take it out. Uh, it, it is up in your nostril for, 
she said it has to be at least 20 seconds and uh it does burn and uh your eyes water and you know it's it it is a little painful but i i would do it again Uh, no question if i felt uh felt the need and again i did this as a precaution i really did not feel like i had it but I, I fight allergies, and I had several things going on, and uh, it was not the normal allergy-type uh, things that I normally have. I had some other side effects going on, and I just thought for safety precautions that I needed to be tested. Yeah, I think that's really good, and I think a lot of people hopefully are, are taking that um, uh uh, making those choices to to be uh, protective and everything. So I guess um, uh, I know Indiana just come up with a starting Monday as a mask rule uh, law or uh, whatever they want to put it. I don't know. Uh, I think Kentucky now has an interesting things like a new travel advisory uh, that I don't know how much that's going to affect what you do or anything. But uh, if you want to kind of get some updates on uh, COVID stuff and tournament things, go ahead. Well, right now, the mask that, uh, you know, the proposal or whatever you want to call it that has been put out there, executive order, uh, really hasn't affected outside sports. Uh, there, you know, we're still under social distancing and that, uh, those type of things, and we're doing masks as optional uh, asking parents to still bring their own seating and to, to social distance, space out, use those kind of precautions. But we're not mandating masks inside the park, nor do the players have to wear masks. We are asking that they, they social distance as well when they come into the dugout. But uh, mask itself at a ball game, uh, I have not scene where that is mandated it is suggested and again the new rule in Kentucky is groups of less than 10 now instead of you know groups of 50 but uh, again at a ballpark I feel like we can do these things and do them safely with cooperation of the parents so we, we haven't changed anything to date we're, we're doing just as we have the last few weeks, and uh, for the most part, I think it's gone pretty well. Yeah, good, good. So uh, it looks like um, maybe I think this might be um, – we have a caller, and I want to make sure that I get to the caller here. And <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Let's see. I didn't write down the phone number, so it's an 812 number. I think that's um, – um, Oh, yeah, it's me, uh, Holly. It's Jeff. Yeah, yeah the, Jeff, how's it going? I, yeah. Good. I, I just uh, was tuning in to more listen this time than talk, but if anybody has any particular questions about the park, I'd be happy to answer them. Perfect. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do, Jeff, is unless um, – Ron, you want to talk to, uh, got anything with Jeff you want to deal with? If not, I can put him on hold and so we can keep some of the background noise down to a minimum. No, I mean, Jeff and I talk on a daily basis. Uh, again, very excited about the partnership that we've grown there at Nicholasville, the Memorial Sports Complex. Uh, we're doing quite well there and 
I anticipate that it will continue to grow and look forward to the future there and appreciate the things that Jeff is uh, allowing us to do and being a part of. Neil. Yep, and my feelings are the same. I mean, uh, good. I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to see what other coaches are saying and what other field operators are saying because we're all kind of on the same team here, even though uh -huh. on Saturday, um, you know, might be competitors, but we all have the same interest here in that we just for like sure. to be able to have the kids play. So, uh -huh. yeah, for sure. So, Jeff, have you been in contact or do you, are you in any kind of contact um, with the champions? Uh, are, does champions still exist down that way? Oh, absolutely. They, they've got yeah. a, a very good organization. Uh, I know uh, several of the people involved. It's a very, uh, quality program, uh, very good baseball people involved in that. Uh -huh. So, yes, absolutely. Do they do a lot of softball or do they do any softball at all? Is it just baseball? I believe they're pretty much just baseball oriented. They have a nice mm -hmm. indoor practice facility that typically is fairly busy. Um, and, but I, I it, you know, I, I'm not quite sure what the association between KBC and champions is in terms of who's in charge of what aspect of that. But, uh, you know, uh, I will say that they're very well respected in this area and, and, uh, uh, good bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've been there, gosh, have they been there since, what, 2004-ish, maybe? Something like that? Uh, that's before my time. I kind of got yeah. involved over here in 2012, and they were yeah. here when I showed up. Yeah, yeah. I think well, it's the... I would uh, say they've been, they've been in existence for close to 20 years, and the KBC, yeah. that's Kentucky Baseball Club, uh, but yes, they they are a highly respected baseball program. I don't think they do any fast pitch, and uh, the indoor facility that you mentioned that has been open at least since maybe two thousand five six that that time frame, uh, possibly uh -huh. even before then. But I, I know it goes back to that uh, around that time. So yeah, the uh, Champions Academy uh, baseball academy that was in Louisville was uh, back. I think they started around 2000, 2001. Uh, the owner was John Marshall, was a friend of mine, and I actually did some lessons work for him for a while uh, back at, at one time. And then I remember they started, and it was based on memory. I don't know if this is fact, but I think. So they were Champions Baseball Academy. They actually had a Champions Baseball Academy in Cincinnati, had, and they put one in Nicholasville, and I think that was the one. And uh, they actually built one in Florida, and they were going to do one in Taylorsville. And the one in Nicholasville is the only one that exists still today. It's, it's, it's done very well. I think even at that I, uh, time, uh, John Marshall uh, was even looking at one in Arizona at one time. Uh, uh, I, I know John. Well, uh, and you, you refreshed my memory. I believe John was with the uh, Dodgers organization at one time. Is that uh, correct? Um, I don't think – I don't know. I don't know if it was the Dodgers. I know he was – he played uh, – I was thinking it was Philadelphia was who he was Very with, but I can't – yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, he was. Uh, I'd, I'd heard him talk about uh, Fernando Valenzuela, however you say his name, yeah. a few times, and uh, that he had played some ball with him, and you know it may have been Grapefruit League or something of that nature coming yeah. up. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I just uh, associated that with the Dodgers, so uh, maybe that's why I thought that. There was, uh, yeah, he um, was. Um... He started his first facility was um, over by the zoo in Louisville. It was a small place there, and it grew so fast. And this is back, gosh, this has to be in the late 1990s. And um, it was back when um, almost nobody, there were no indoor facilities around. Of course, now they're popping up all over the place. But uh, they they last like maybe two years. But uh, he built, had that leased a place, and it grew so big that it, he had to build this brand new facility and he built that place over at uh, J- uh, uh, Jefferson town. You of course been in there and it was gigantic Had an indoor <clears throat> um, indoor field, what like eight machines uh, pitching area over on the side. It was huge. And I think he just, they just bit off too much more than they could chew, but he was, did a great job. And, and um, um, again, I don't know, exactly what what happened i got out of the i wasn't associated with them for a while and then i just heard everything went went under and stuff so i don't know what happened there if he just decided to sell it or whatever but good i don't guy. have any idea either but yeah, yeah. at uh back in the day and you remember it well i mean that's how uh, you and i ended up meeting was uh uh-huh. through that program uh you gave yeah. lessons to my son but uh yeah, back in the day, Lord, we used to have indoor uh, baseball leagues. Uh, you had lessons out of there. You had all the batting cages. Uh, you had instruction. Uh, it was it was huge. And then he he would tie in fall leagues where uh, you played in a fall league over in the uh-huh. Linden area and got practice time in his facility through that. But uh, yeah. at one time he was blowing it up and. You know, I'm, I'm not sure either uh, what happened as far as why it, uh, you know, he, he was open, what, seven, eight years, maybe, uh, possibly longer than that. But, he, you know, at one time he had yeah. it really going on uh, for whatever reason. It took a turn, and uh, it's now uh, an electric company that's in that building. Yeah, it's a big big electric company. Uh, the uh, uh, It said a huge – I was – with uh I was connected of course I worked for them for a while and um they made some changes and I'm not going to put a say over the air John I consider a good friend and uh respect him considerably amount he I, but it is my opinion he was getting business cuz you know like that's like all of us like I think you and I both were we get into owning businesses we're really not business people I'm a uh, uh, I'm a athlete and coach and I got into it and I'm learning how to do a business. He was kind of the same way. And I think he got some advice quite honestly. And I know some of the advice he got that I thought was pretty bad advice and followed along with some partners that he picked up and just uh, made some, I think made some choices that probably didn't uh, pan out very good, but, um, but it's hard. Those indoor facilities uh, like that, w- cause it was gigantic and it had, uh, there were times I would do a, a hitting lesson in that infield. It was the infield section was big enough for a college or professional level infield, uh, so it was huge. 
there'd be times I would do a hitting lesson by myself in that facility. Uh, it just it was just too much overhead and wasn't getting enough to to pay it. But it was uh, uh, it was really good. I do want to tell a story real quick on that. Is we had a girl that was doing pitching, so we did softball and baseball there, and um, we had a girl that was doing pitching lessons there for softball. She pitched uh, 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 professionally for a long time, about six foot one, just a lot of fun to be around, very knowledgeable, very talented girl. And, of course, in those days, and it's kind of the same way, it probably happens maybe at Nicholasville as well, as um, professional baseball players usually uh, come from, when they, when they come home in the area from Louisville, they would come back and they would come over to that facility to get work in and things like that. Well, ultimately, somebody would challenge, I think her first name was Karen, which is literally her first name, not based on what we're talking about in, in society today. But her actually first name was Karen, and she was, um, uh, They at some point, somebody would challenge these professional, and there was a couple of uh, big league, major league uh, hitters would come in, and they would challenge her to see if they could hit her. And we'd all get into the infield section stuff, and she would throw, and, and uh, one person fouled off a pitch. That was pretty much it. There was no baseball player, professional player that could hit her. She was that good and stuff, so it was pretty interesting. interesting. So I had to share that, so apologize for that. But um, no, you're we're going to – yeah. Yeah, so um, – I, I know uh, he had some really good instructors over there, uh, and I, I can't think of their names uh, right off the bat, but I know he had a, a big fellow that uh, was a catching instructor that I always thought was pretty impressive. And a black gentleman uh, named Stone or Stoner, Stoneman, yeah. something of that nature that uh, was I thought was really good hitting instructor. But uh, they, yeah. they really had it going on at one time, and it was a phenomenal uh, indoor facility that uh, I wish was still open because uh, I would love the opportunity to do weekend oh, tournament indoors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've done a few of those in Louisville, and unfortunately, the facility that we were using turned into an indoor tennis facility. But uh, we used to turn teams away in the winter time, uh, having fast pitch softball tournaments playing indoor during winter. And I would yeah. love to have that opportunity again, come come back around at some point somewhere. I even went up into northern Kentucky last year and, and looked at an indoor facility. It, it wasn't built for this. It was actually a motocross indoor, having a dirt ground base. It was all dirt, uh, had the rolling hills and stuff because it was built for motocross, but it was a big, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, uh, big rounded shape type building with the, uh, like you see at these uh, highway department, uh, the plastic type roof. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. got, it's a round, rounded shape building and it's a real heavy plastic that is the mm-hmm. actual roof. Well, they had an indoor motocross set up in northern Kentucky and it was for sale but it was big enough that we could have done fast pitch softball and it's right outside of Cincinnati and I actually looked at it uh, last last fall I guess it was uh, and thought you know the the downside of it was that it was 
two and a half hours away from where I live at. Uh, had it been in the area, uh, you know, just outside of Louisville or something of that nature, I might have really took a, a look at trying to purchase that property. But uh, I would love the opportunity to be able to do indoor fast pitching baseball during the winter times. Uh, there, there's a need. There's a want. There are people that uh, I know teams travel to, like Terre Haute, Indiana, at a Louisville on a weekly basis in the, in the wintertime just to play because they have indoor facilities up there that's uh-huh. uh, large enough to do so. And, uh, you know, there's a need around here, and uh, it, it's something that I would love to get into at some point. And, again, you know, we, we did it for about three years, and then that uh, facility turned into a indoor tennis facility, and uh, it killed what we were doing. But those was fun. Those were uh, weekends that uh, we would play 24-7. I mean, you'd start on Friday night and play uh, all around the clock, and teams would play at 2 and 3 in the morning. It was like a slumber party. They enjoyed it. They had fun, and they were successful. Cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, I would say that if uh, that would be a pretty big uh, course endeavor and stuff, but some uh, indoor place where you could do uh, tournaments, because I do know a lot of my clients go – all over and they'll during the winter they'll talk about places that they play which is um none of them are are really nice i mean uh, not nice but it doesn't sound like like of course an indoor place that has dirt gets pretty dusty and uh that sort of thing it's hard to keep it moist and and stuff but um but yeah uh yeah they had uh, go ahead go ahead I was going to say, you know, the majority of them have a AstroTurf inside. I, yeah. I am aware of a place down in uh, Round Murray, Kentucky, where they, apparently they do a rodeo, uh-huh. like a weekend rodeo out of a facility. It might even be on Murray State's campus where they use uh, one of their buildings. And there for a couple of weeks afterwards, they'll turn that in and play softball on it. I've heard of that. I have not been there. But, you know, the majority of them have the indoor uh carpet uh astroturf type carpet and and you play on that a lot of crazy rules i mean the the facility we had uh that we were playing out of was not full size so you'd have balls that would hit the wall and it was live off the wall and but teams know that coming in they don't care they're getting swings they're getting uh, ground balls in the infield they're running the bases you know they're still playing and they enjoy it so, you know, you do create some craziness uh, with some rules uh, to get around a low ceiling or, or whatever. But, again, they know that when they come in, and they don't care. And they're, they're getting to play. They're getting to uh, continue to, you know, build on their craft. And, and it's good. And that they look for this. And, like I say, there's a lot of teams that travel three and four hours away in the wintertime because there's nothing locally for them to do here on, on that level. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty, uh, pretty cool to be able to do. <clears throat> so um, just give us again some, for some new listeners, what, what do you have coming up here uh, next few weeks, Ron? Well, we're uh, playing in Nicholasville again this weekend. I've got baseball and fast pitch playing up there. I've got uh, some fast pitch locally here in Beachmont in Louisville. Uh, we've got uh, – we will be in Nicholasville and Beachmont every weekend until the end of uh, October. I do have a college showcase coming up 
the 21st and 22nd of uh, August and the 28th, 29th of August at uh, Nicholasville, and I may have those dates off by a day. It may, may be a day later. I don't have that information in front of me, but after I said that, I think it's 29th and 30th uh, and 22nd and 23rd. But uh, Nicholasville, we will have college coaches on site, uh, play tournaments, also have uh, some skill sets and, and do some things. But uh, Nicholasville... I'm planning on doing a couple of showcases in August, one in September, one in October, I believe is what we've got on the calendar. We also have one that we hope to do in Johnson City, Tennessee, late October. Again, they're, you know, they're fighting this as bad as we are in some of the parks that we used or we're supposed to use for the World Series are still closed. So, you know, it remains to be seen if we're going going to get to do that one. And, of course, we're all concerned if uh, we will even still be playing by then if the numbers keep going up and they keep coming out with new mandates. Uh, uh-huh. I could see us being shut down again. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's been a very difficult year, as we all know. And, uh, you know, teams uh, on a weekly basis call in and say, hey, I just found out such and such has been tested. We're going to have to pull out. I've got a team that was in at Nicholasville this weekend, and uh, the coach called me and said, hey, I had four girls just come back from uh, Florida and they're quarantined, so we're out. Uh, That's, you know, an ongoing issue that we're dealing with dealing with it at uh, the high school level and uh, where I'm at as a athletic director. I mean, it's, it's going to be that way until uh, we get through this. And it's, it's been difficult as we all know. And, uh, you know, it's difficult on everybody. Restaurants. I talked to a friend of mine last night that owns a restaurant and, uh, you know, he said it, it doesn't matter right now if they were to come back and say you could be 100%. He said people's just not ready to go inside and eat, and, you know, his business is down. So it's a struggle there, and, uh, you know, it's it's the same everywhere. Yeah, it's it's bad, and it, I had this conversation with somebody the other day where uh, as a uh, as a society we're, we're doing everything we can to um, – almost like uh, we're trying to keep everybody healthy, but we're trying to keep it so that nobody goes under financially. But I don't know. It's almost like, I don't know if you can do both. I think it's as much as we keep um, slowing things down and I'm not commentating on what I think is the right thing to do. I mean, I'd hate to be in a position to tell the whole country, this is what we have to do, what we can't do. But um uh, it's just a difficult situation because, as you said, like restaurants, there's restaurants in Louisville and southern Indiana where I am. There, um, I see for sale signs up, big chain-type restaurants that yeah. have been packed before that just can't make it. Um, and uh, I know my my business is probably – I'm operating now about 40% of what I normally do. And, uh, of course, then unemployment, the $600 thing, which has been a big help. Uh, for a lot of people is finishing this month. So that's going to make it extremely difficult for a lot of people. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I, it's, it's going to be, it's kind of sad, very sad. 
It is, and uh, you, you mentioned restaurants. Uh, there's an old Charlie's that I frequent quite a bit, and uh, went by there the other day. And I, and I, I yet have gone into a restaurant through this. Um, my wife and I aren't ready to go inside. We, you know, we'll call and get carry out, and I'll swing by and, you know, have them bring it out to the car. But uh, the reason I'm saying this is old Charlie's. I, I rode by there the other day and noticed it's closed. And, you know, I don't know if places like that recover. I know. And, you know, it, 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 it's a sad time. It really is. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of businesses that don't bounce back from this and uh, they don't recover. Is Jeff still on the line here? Je- uh, Jeff, uh, yep. Yep. yep, he's here. Jeff, do you want to share share your, your uh, thoughts on this? I know you own a gas station and uh, several other businesses. Uh, how has this affected you? And I also know that uh, – with the Social Security or Social Security, the unemployment that people are receiving, it's also hard to get some people to go back to work because they're they're sitting at home getting this check. And I know that for, for business owners, that uh, has been an issue, too, because I've got several friends that own businesses, and they're, they're having trouble keeping employees because are, – are finding employees because they're able to sit at home and, you know, get the $600 check and not go out and have to work. Well, it's the 600 plus the state benefits. So you have a lot of people, I mean, a lot of, really the only businesses that I have that pay anywhere near 10 bucks an hour would be the gas station and and the baseball fields, the concession aspect of it. And we've had people for absolutely no good reason file for unemployment. You know, they'll come in, they'll work three days, and then they won't show up. And all of a sudden, you get something from the Kentucky Department of of, uh, Unemployment that they file for unemployment based on separation or COVID or, I mean, people are working the system. It makes it very hard to um, find people. And when you're giving somebody 900 bucks a week to sit at home and, and there's a, there's a huge number of jobs available, but they would lose money by going to work. Um, You're not going to have people, you know, go, go out. Um, You know, I, I don't have the uh, benefit of, being able to what I call it hide under the bed, you know, I, all of our businesses that we've got are essential businesses. So, you know, my people are working and we're masked and we're gloved and we're taking the precautions and we're wiping down the touch surfaces just like we do at the park. And, uh, but it makes it really difficult. And, and what I'm seeing is a lot of the people that are working for me that are in that income range, they're, a little upset with the people that won't come out because they've got an excuse not to because they're making enough money. So I'm really hoping they don't extend the big bonus unemployment, you know, past the end of the month because um, it's just, it's unfair to those people that, you know, do go out and work. That's my opinion. You know, I could be wrong, but this, yeah, it's a, it's a, on one side, I mean, what I remember hearing about this, I'm thinking, gosh, these people, I mean, it's only was going to be what it lasted. It's lasted four months. It's like at some point, yeah, you can live high, so to speak, without working. Uh, but 
when it, at the end of the month, what are they going to do? They got to, I mean, at this point, especially they burn bridges at your place for sure. And maybe some uh, other situations. And um, it's uh, some people are just a little bit short-sighted. I think thinking, well, I can get free money for four months and then not do anything. And then I guess go get another job somewhere at that point. I don't know, but it is, well, I hate when yeah, people do that and, for sure. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's being abused to some degree. And look, nobody wants anybody that gets thrown out of their house uh, you know, or doesn't have food to feed themselves or their family. That, that's not the point. But uh, when you get a raise for not working and if, if you really do the math on the 600 bucks and you divide 600 by 40, that's 15 bucks. We now have a $15 an hour minimum wage and you don't even have to work for it. Mm-hmm. Th- well, they, they're going to have to, and after Friday, <laughs> it's, I don't well, think they're going to, the yeah, is. yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to uh, extend it at all from what I'm, if they did, I, if there's any extension from what I'm reading, it would be a, a considerable amount less probably, but I don't see anywhere where anybody's talking about extending it, which I think is, is the right thing because people's got to we get, people have to get back to work or these restaurants will close. That's one of the reasons places are closing because they just can't get people to work. It is, it is, and mm-hmm. there there's a huge pool of people that worked in the food service industry that are unfortunately now not able to work because either the restaurants don't have the need for the same staff. And and th- those guys are available. I mean, they're available to work. And I think people are going to have to make some hard decisions here after that benefit goes away of just maybe doing something they didn't anticipate doing. But there's help wanted signs everywhere in Lexington. And yeah. uh, you, you can't find people, you know, until this artificial enticement disappears in a week. Right, and, uh, right. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's said on one side, it's probably saved uh, some people that literally were unemployed and, and didn't have, or, you know, they did literally lose their job because of it and couldn't get work immediately. And, um, or was, and there's a, probably a lot of people that were making that amount of money. You know, they, they didn't really get a spike in pay or even because uh, 600 uh, a week, you know, there's, uh, was not as much as they were making. So uh, it was enable them to at least pay their rent and, and stay above water. So on one side, a lot of people benefit from it. And other side, a lot of people suffer from them. that's kind of my point is there's nothing we can do to benefit every single person. We have to almost say, well, we're going to make this choice that's going to benefit this group of people, well, this choice hurts this group of people. It's really, it's really rough. It's it's bad place. It bad place. It, yeah. And keep in mind that the six hundred dollars is the federal add-on money. You you not only get the six hundred, you get the state benefit. Exactly. So there there are yeah. people that are literally making nine hundred bucks a week. That's forty five thousand dollars a year. Right. Now that's not going to if they continue to stay unemployed, they're still going to get that three hundred ish or whatever they qualified for. Uh, per week right uh yeah so which is i would think difficult to live on but um you know some people try i guess yep but yeah it's 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 bad now you um um you you've got the gas station and then do you i guess you have employees for for your your facility there right do you have people that do work for you there 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are the same people. Uh, okay. And, you yeah. know, what's happening there is, uh, and every I'm very, very proud of my people. They, they've thrown in here and, and they've figured out a way to cover all these hours along with me. But the problem is, you know, uh, overtime clicks in at 40 hours. So, you know, I've got people getting 28 hours of overtime, which they deserve, and they get paid the time and a half. But it's it's um, it's great for them. It's it's good for me because we're covering the hours. But any benefit that you get from having the additional business, say for the tournaments, unless you can expand your 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 payroll with more people, you're you're going to end up paying a substantial amount of overtime hours, mm. which kind of yeah. cancels the you know the, the benefit to the gas station and having the tournaments and the, the concession stand yeah. because yeah. instead of 10 bucks, you're paying 15 bucks. Plus we pay a dollar an yeah. hour extra uh, COVID, you know, while this COVID's going on, everybody gets an extra mm. dollar an hour. So mm. uh, it's, um, you know, it's hard to run a concession stand paying 16 bucks an hour. <laughs> it's very difficult. I'm sorry to laugh, but yeah, in a sarcastic way, that's, uh, it is very, very difficult. Yeah, it's it's we're just in a I, and then then you end up charging more for your stuff possibly, and then people don't no, buy. I no. mean, it's just this big giant. Yeah, I'm sorry, you don't do that. No, no, we don't do. I mean, you you can. Uh, I think the most expensive thing we have on the menu, we've got you know a pulled pork sandwich is four bucks, a uh, chicken sandwich mm-hmm. is four bucks. I mean, it's uh, drinks are a dollar and a half. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, we we keep it very reasonable. Some of the hot dogs, you know, I think hot dogs are a buck and a half, two bucks. So, I mean, uh, you know, we, we want to also consider the fact that the people that are coming to the event, um, they're watching their wallets, too. And we want them to come out and have a nice time, not get gouged, and and to come back. So, uh, I think Ron is in the same boat as I am, is we don't expect to really make much money this year, but we're building for next year to have mm-hmm. favorable experiences where people, you know, cause we got a very late start. I, I don't know if Ron talked about it in, uh, in our last call, but I mean, we didn't even have security of the fields uh, on his part, at least until December, if not January to where we came to an agreement, which is well past the time that a lot of the teams that would have come have already set their schedule. So right. um, he's doing a really good job of, of pulling teams in and they're having favorable experiences and he's keeping his tournament fees very reasonable. We've got a very reasonable gate and our concession prices are, are probably below average. Um, and we've got a nice, a, a nice facility. So, it is you know, nice we're building facility. towards yeah. the future, just like any other mm-hmm. small business person would do. Yeah. Yeah, the setup is super nice. I'm, I think, and as I said, um, I think you're cleaning things up a little bit. It's, I mean, even uh, when I was there, it looked very well. It, I mean, it looked like it was uh, getting back in shape. It was re- very nice. I was very impressed. We were working with people that, uh, you know, the same folks that worked for me at the gas station, plus a couple of people that were doing some work for free practice time. Uh, it just took it took longer than I would have liked to get it mm-hmm. looking the way it does today. But we really didn't have another labor pool to pull from because, you know, we hadn't taken in a dollar uh, in, right. in the whole facility until the first turn, you know, the first event. Uh you know, three weeks ago. So, and we weren't sure that we'd be able to play. So how much money do you spend on a facility when you're not sure if you're going to even be able to use it in that year? So we got a late start, but yeah. I think we've 
caught up pretty pronto. Yeah, good deal. No, good deal. When, he, when he says that, I mean, it was an extremely late start. Uh, I didn't meet Jeff until, and I'm, I'm going to be close to the date, but don't, don't know the exact date. But I, I got a phone call and asked uh, if I would like to have lunch with this uh, gentleman through a mutual friend. And uh, they set up lunch, and it, it was like December the 18th. And that's the first time we ever sat down and even discussed the possibility of me operating out of this facility. And you yourself, you, you've been around this game long enough that most coaches sat down in, uh, you know, November, December to set their schedule for the following mm-hmm. year. So we we were taking on a facility and had not even agreed on dates, uh, hadn't agreed on, you know, how we were going to operate, uh, what our cost was going to be, how we were going to manage it, the, the whole nine yards. I mean, we, we had not even had a discussion. And we had lunch, uh, left with a handshake. You know, basically I went home to put together – some type of an, of an agreement. Jeff himself was, you know, going to put together something as a counteroffer or, or whatever. But you know, we were in very early stages of uh, even negotiating how we could operate together. And again, the park had been, uh, you know, there, there's one field that is completely grown up that we're still trying to get back in into operation. It's, you know, it's not playable at this time, but we're getting there. And uh, a couple of fields were in pretty bad shape, but we were working toward that. And again, putting a schedule out late, not knowing what to to expect. And I've been very honest with Jeff, and Jeff will tell you that. I've told him straight up that, you know, there are certain day, dates, weekends that you're not going to play. I mean, if you play, your your numbers are not going to be good. August typically is one of them. We're getting ready to reach into that uh, that month, and I'm curious to see how it goes. August is typically a month when teams go through their tryouts, getting ready for the following year because in travel ball, typically the season ends the end of July, and you start the next year in August or getting your points or whatever, depending on the organization you play in. So, you know, I told him all this up front. Uh, I, you know, I pretty much put down and said, we'll, we'll try to run every weekend. However, these are weekends that are red flags that typically, if I wasn't in full control of the park and I was just going to a park and asking for 10 or 12 dates, these are weekends I would stay away from, and, and I told him that up front. Yes. We, you know, again, hitting the pandemic that we're in, we were supposed to play, I think, March 15th. And, again, I don't have a calendar in front of me. But March the 15th, around that time, was to be our first tournament. And, and we were going to have enough to play. I mean, I already had an umpire scheduled. I already sent out a schedule. To the teams, uh, we were going to play, I think, had about 12 to 15 teams. It wasn't going to be huge, but it was going to be one that got us started. And the pandemic hit. So we had already started putting in some work on the complex, getting fields ready and this and that. Well, now, as Jeff said, you know, you don't want to put in money 
into the park when you don't know that you're going to play. So we fell back behind again. Uh, the fields grew up. They were not being taken care of during that time. And again, you know, no fault of Jeff's. He, you know, you don't put in money when there's nothing coming back. So as it got to the end of June, he busted his tail and had people out there to get the park up and running. And each week, I think you're seeing a little improvement. But there are things on the table that we want to do that I think in the future we will do. And once we get to where I want to be, I think teams will be lining up to play there. It, it's It's got tremendous potential. I know what the park once was. And back in the day, it was probably one of the best parks in the state of Kentucky. I believe we can get back there again. And, you know, it's going to be baby steps. I'm new to that area. I do have teams up in that area that know us. Jeff's starting to see that. We're, you know, we've been doing 23, 24 teams a weekend, which, you know, are decent weekends. They're not weekends that uh, I jump up and down about because I know that we're capable of doing better. And in time, we will. But uh, under the circumstances, I think we've done well. I think Jeff has been pleased with what we're doing and the progress that we're making. And the future's bright up there, and I, I truly believe that Jeff and I will end up being partners on this for years to come. That, that's my hope. That's my hope. And Ron knows very well that I want to go home. <laughs> I, I'm spending way too much time in Lexington. My my wife's starting to feel like a widow over there. So, yeah, that, that that's the goal. So, if, Jeff, if you're from Nicholasville? Pardon? You're from Nicholasville? Uh, myself? No, oh. I'm from Evansville, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Evansville. And, okay. That's with, the 812 number. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and I've I've promised him I'm going to get him home. Uh, He (laughs) he has basically lived down here for four years because he's taken care of those properties there in uh, Nicholasville. And I cannot imagine that uh, he's doing that and still uh, keeping Mama happy at home. I mean, (laughs) uh, his wife lives in Nicholasville. Mama's not happy sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> no, he, he he tries to do the back and forth, and it's uh, you know it's it's got to be very difficult on him and his family. And uh, we're we're going to make this arrangement where I'm overseeing the park, and he can go home, and uh, you know uh, he will reap his benefits and and be at home as well. So that that's the plan, and I, I see moving forward that that will happen. Well, and I'll, I'll just add one thing, you know, about Ron. Ron mentioned at this point he and I don't even have a written agreement, but I'm comfortable enough with Ron that his handshake is worth more than most men's yeah. signed contracts. Yeah, I would agree. And I think he feels the same way about me. So mm-hmm. it's it's just a good relationship. It, it has been a good relationship, and I, I think Holly has uh, been around me enough to know that uh, I think she will tell you that uh, I have never told her anything that I didn't uh, hold up on my end. And, and if I did, it wasn't uh, intentionally by any means. And uh, I'm, I'm old school, 
that's the way mom and dad uh, taught me. Uh, I think you're only as good as your word. And uh, I also want to be able to look myself in the mirror and know that I, I did the best that I could do and did uh, what I tried to, you know, tell, tell you and convey to you that I was going to do. Yeah, and you don't last so far, very long. in gospel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still don't think you last very long in business. Uh, eventually, people know that you're not someone who can be trusted. Um, and if you, as long as you all been doing this, you don't last very long, I don't think, um, in that regard. I don't think. I mean, I guess there are people out there that, that keep burning bridges and keep lying. But, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, no, I think the, other than I think Ron promised me uh, in Johnsonville, a margarita, maybe that's the only thing that, uh, when the coaches get together, uh, that he owes me, but, uh, that's pretty much it. You just might well, have to change if, the if venue on that, Holly. If you didn't get that, <laughs> Ollie, if you didn't get that that's on you. Yeah, that's true. You did offer it. I said, no, yeah, that, so, that, yeah. that's on you. Cause I, 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 I take the whole crew out many a times down there. And if, uh, if, if they order whatever, you know I take care of them, and if uh, yeah. if, if I owe you that, we'll we'll have to catch up on that later. But uh, <laughs> I, I will make good on that. I, I'm not aware of that happening, but uh, no, I'm just I'll be kidding. glad to make yeah. good on that. Yeah, just kidding, just kidding. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, it is exciting. As I said, it's uh, it's a great look. You know, we talk about all the time. The, the location is 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 really good. The 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 facility is outstanding. Everything is uh, very promising for sure. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, they, you know, right there in basically central Kentucky, and you've got such an outreach, uh, you know, Louisville an hour and a half. You've got Cincinnati two hours away, West Virginia, uh, Tennessee. You know, it, it's so easy to get to, and there there is a need over there. There's a desire over there. And, there, you know, there's other people running events. I'm not – saying that we're the only one there, so it's going to be great. I mean, we've got competition. But I also hear from teams that uh, are excited about us being there, and I think in time we're going to grow and uh, have a good chunk of that market, and I'm excited about the opportunity. Good deal. Competition is good. Competition makes us better. So, Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. makes us work harder. Um, I, there's nobody else. So I haven't heard from Mark in a while. So he hasn't been, he was here last week, but I, we didn't get a chance to talk to him and anything else, anything else, Ron, going on that you want to share? We can kind of start getting off here. No, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, kind of slow. I mean, at, at the moment, as I say, we're getting ready to hit August. Um, I'm already, uh, Jeff and I are in some conversations about moving forward we're going to operate next year and working out some agreements there, and that will allow me to get a schedule out much earlier this year than we did. And I'm hoping eventually that uh, we add a few fields up there and we can do some larger events and do some, like, four-day events, nationals and things of that nature. But, you know, that's way down the road, maybe a few years, but – I'm just really excited about that park, and uh, I think things are going pretty well, to be honest, considering the times that we're in. Good well, deal. I, and, Good deal. and what what Ron says is true, and I, I did buy the 40 acres adjacent to the park, so we've got the room hmm. to do it. 
Cool. Good deal. Well, with that said, if that's uh, all we got, and anything else, we'll uh, talk to everybody next week, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Does that sound good? That sounds, sounds good. Great, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Jeff, I'll be in touch. You all have a great day. Thank you all very much. All right. Sounds Thanks. good. Bye. All right. All right. Bye-bye. So, yeah, uh, you all have a great day. Um, so, well, anyway. Again, here if you were going to say something. No, I was just uh, stuttering around with uh, thinking about what to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. But, no, we're good. We're good. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So uh, one of the things, too, for those that are listening, uh, come. Uh, I'm doing a webinar um, on uh, recruiting videos webinar. Check out my website for some other webinars that I'm putting together. So if you're interested, if you've got your uh, um, daughter is getting ready to think about going to college, uh, putting together some free webinars to uh, help that process about profiles and uh, emails and how to go about contacting coaches and that sort of thing. So uh, that's at nationalfastpitchacademy.com. That said, uh, we'll talk to you all later, and everybody have a uh, great day. Thank you. Well, that is it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget you can subscribe to the show by clicking the red follow button on the main page. More information about gap to gap Radio, National Fast Pitch Academy, and Future Stars of Sports can be found on the National Fast Pitch Academy website at nationalfastpitchacademy.com. Join us each Thursday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, where Ron and I will talk softball. Have a wonderful day. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.